0: Backstage with Mothership on Solid Rock Radio begins now. Hear the best in new music, artist interviews, stories from the road, and more. You are now backstage, and here's your host, Mothership.
1: Hey, everybody. I caught up with my friends from Set for the Fall the other week, and I just thought you might enjoy listening in. Hey, I have the guys from Set for the Fall here. Introduce yourselves.
2: Hey, how are you doing? This is Donovan. What's up? It's Joey.
1: So Joey is in a 18-wheeler, are you not?
2: I'm actually in the driver's seat, hands-free.
1: Hands-free. <laughs> you
0: got to still pay the bills, even if you ain't touring.
1: Amen. I hear you. Have you guys been with Set for the Fall since the beginning?
0: So I was the first singer of the band, uh, but the, the guy that actually started the band, his name is uh, Dan Ring. He, he does a little bit of everything, video stuff. He does a lot of what like uh, Donovan does. I was brought in, and there were some other members before Harrison and Donovan. But every time we changed a band member, you know, new writing happened. It was new life back into the band. So it just kept growing and growing and growing. So I'm I'm very thankful that I've been here this long and have gotten to experience how much this band has grown from the beginning. It's been pretty cool to see.
1: Donovan, how long have you been with the band?
2: Probably roughly about 2015, I want to say. Yeah, what was that? How far is that? It's like seven years now? Yeah, I, I think the band's been
0: around since 2012, or maybe it started in like the fall of 2011. I'm not quite sure, but I didn't come in. I think they had been practicing for a few months, and then I think I came in around my birthday time in January of 2012.
1: Tell us what kind of style, in case somebody doesn't know set for the fall, tell us what kind of style of music you guys do.
2: Yeah, I like to – every time he goes somewhere, I always like to let people know we're kind of like a, a folk fusion pop band with a little bit of Americana influence.
0: He does it every time, and I look at him, and I go, no, we're not. No, <laughs> we are not. No, uh, I mean, heavy rock, uh, I wouldn't consider us like – Not like metalcore
2: or nothing, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, not like Fit for King or Memphis Mayfire or anything that heavy, but I don't know, radio rock.
1: Okay.
2: Or some people like to call it butt rock, you know. I mean? Butt rock, because <laughs> uh, nothing but rock radio stations.
1: There you go. <laughs> You're one of the bands that has fantastic screams, but also fantastic melodic vocals as well.
2: You can give all the screams credit
0: to that guy right there. He's he's got those down.
1: I and mean, what's what's so funny is like
2: I never really imagined being a screamer. It was just kind of something I. It was like,
0: happened on that last <laughs> like the last record. He was just like. I think I'm going to learn how to scream. And I was like, all right, go,
2: go for it. It worked out good. For real. I was like, you know what? I mean, I'm going to do something new. Let's do this. Let's try this out. And then, yeah, it kind of worked out. And I enjoy it. It's really cool. I guess it still kind of blows my mind. Any vocalists that can scream, the fact of how you can go from such a harsh range to like being a normal talking voice in like a millisecond. And it's completely cool. Like, it's just like normal.
0: And I think I think it helps when you know when you are touring or performing. If you're the lead singer and you're having to sing melodic and do screams, uh, you ain't gonna last too many shows before you are done.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember when you were at the masquerade in Atlanta, and it might have been the first time I saw y'all live.
2: With Memphis, yeah, with Memphis May Fire.
1: And I remember you were up there doing like a sound check, and I remember thinking. I've never heard his clean vocals, you know, because you were doing it with no instruments playing. And I I just realized what a beautiful voice you have. I can't seem to hold myself to give That's right. (laughs) Yeah, I have the same thing that
0: I sing every time because I I made up this thing to like warm up. And it goes through everything that I might do, you know, so it works out pretty good. A lot of people don't realize I grew up on like bluegrass and a lot of blues in a church choir, and then mm-hmm. I found rock. And once I found rock, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this thing.
1: Now, y'all are in North Carolina, correct? Yes, yes ma'am. true. Uh, mm-hmm. I am
2: a transplant here. I'm originally from the great country of Texas. But I enjoy North Carolina.
0: <laughs> we have seasons here in North Carolina, unlike Texas.
1: Weird. <laughs> Who inspired the sound of the band?
0: I think personally, every single member has bands that they like. I mean, I grew up on that whole early 2000s rock, everything from Nickelback Creed, Breaking
2: Benjamin,
0: (laughs) you know, like these guys introduced me to new bands that I'd never heard of, you know, it's made us kind of grow organically into what we are today. I don't know. What do you
2: yeah. think? Donovan? Yeah. I mean, like just like anything, you're, you're going to kind of expand on what you enjoy. Like, I mean, I grew up in a Spanish church, so I, my influences in the beginning were the Christian Spanish band called Rojo, which is red in Spanish. So then, then there's also a red band in the Christian rock scene, <laughs> but that was my early influences were that style of music. And then, uh, from there, it kind of progressed into like the radio rock stuff, and then I kind of was like, oh, "That's pretty cool." But then I got into, I want to say like Memphis and like Fort Today was when I first started getting into like screaming rock, mm-hmm. and like and then when obviously when they did that song "Break the Cycle" when both of them were in the same song, I was like, "This is sick!" Like, <laughs> like completely crazy. I mean, it's, that's back when like I feel like the rock scene was such a huge thing. That style of rock, I mean, like that metalcore style was such so massive, like the Warp Tour days. And it was a super cool.
1: (laughs) I kind of came in a little like in the middle at the Still Just Breathing album. So tell me what you guys have put out.
0: So there's Still Just Breathing, which was our last full length album. Before that was an album called Three Nails. But honestly, that album was actually split in two uh, at one point because Harrison and Donovan had come into the band and we had started writing songs. And Donovan actually, he was already recording stuff with uh, Brandon from Decipher Down. And he took me to the studio with him one day, you know, recording his stuff when he was just coming into the band. And I walked outside and I was like, yeah, we're going to be here in two weeks to record. So (laughs) we came in and recorded, I think four or five songs. I think four. And then we kind of mashed the original EP we reamped and redid some vocal stuff and kind of redid a lot of the stuff from the original EP, which was from darkness to light. Uh, and we made the whole album three nails with the new songs and kind of made it all sound like it was recorded at the same time.
2: Right. Like a full remaster and everything like that, yep. which I mean, that that stuff still blows my mind. Uh, I never understood like whenever you would hear like the Beatles remastered, I was like, what does that even mean? You know, but then I saw it actually happen with one of our albums and I was like, Oh, that's what that means. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you come back in and you do some more guitar stuff and a lot of stuff happens in post-production, you know, like they just change everything sonically.
2: And a big, huge thing is also like just working with Brandon from Decipher was, uh, I guess, like a huge, like open door for us. Like it kind of just pushed us and kind of threw us in a direction that we needed to go. And just because, I mean, they've been around for a while and kind of picking his brain, you know, kind of really helped us grow to where we got today.
0: He, he He had no problem in telling us a part sucked and go rewrite it. (laughs) i remember this one song it had like this like pirate vibe or i don't even know and he was like it sounded like some jolly roger theme i I, i'm gonna be honest with you i don't know but that song he sent me and donovan out to the other room and he's like rewrite all of that That, that's horrible and that actually became call out
2: yeah really yeah yeah but it was like To
1: the woodshed I, yeah. Oh
2: man Yeah like the initial vibe of it Was super like Like it was like Super funky Country-ish Like just kind of weird vibe And I mean it was like A catchy little melody But it definitely Became a better song after
1: Well the end result Was worth going to the woodshed Absolutely. for
2: Oh man Yes it was
1: Great song You did a music video For Breathe Again And we got to yeah. hang out that day
2: we did. You were yeah. graciously provided us with delicious snacks.
0: We thought we were <laughs> famous because we got there and there was like a smorgasbord buffet. And I was like, what is
2: this? Yeah. And we were working with Nathan Mowry out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Really enjoy working with him. He's super cool. Like He literally is probably somebody that nobody can be cooler than. He just throws out a cool vibe. And it it's just like it's hard to explain unless you actually know him. Like. <laughs>
1: Yeah. He messaged me and said, hey, I'm going to be shooting a video with Set for the Fall. Do you want to come up? Yeah. So I was like, let me go get my purse and some snacks.
2: <laughs> yeah. But we and we then, ate all of it. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool because, like, I mean, I, I grew up watching wrestling, and the fact that we recorded that music video in Diamond Dallas Page's yoga studio was super cool. Yeah. We stopped by, but, I mean, it would have been cool.
0: <laughs> we were so tired, I didn't realize how much energy you have to exert and how yeah. many times you and, have to hear one song.
2: That was our first official, like, real music video. Yeah, that was our oh, first. Really? Yeah, I mean, we've done some in the past.
0: I mean, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. We Dan and Joel, uh, the boss, and they helped us do our first video for Three Nails in Robbins, North Carolina, like in this old theater. But mm-hmm. it was just nobody had really done it before. So it was one of those things where it was like, oh, let's just make it up as we go. And then. Half of the footage got corrupted. We had to like reshoot everything. It was a learning curve. We're going to go somewhere else, make sure the next time we do it that everything is professional. You know? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And Nathan is... professional. The the amount of clients he's worked with, we're we're just honored to be on that list.
0: Backstage with Mothership returns after this. Outperformance Shop is a proud supporter of Solid Rock Radio. They specialize in retail and wholesale of automotive, high-performance, racing, and off-road products. They also carry a variety of accessories, from remote control cars to rock-and-roller multi-carts. On the web at outperformance.com.
1: How did the name Set for the Fall come about?
0: That actually comes from Luke chapter 2, verse 34, which is, And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall, and rising of many again in Israel. That name was decided before I joined the band, but in that part it's saying many people will fail to be like Jesus, but he came as the, the pillar and the basically that staple that we're supposed to live by. That's what the band is all about, is we are going to fail as humans. We're supposed to pick each other back up and continue to strive to be more like Christ every single day. And it is hard, and we mm-hmm. will fail. You've got to pick yourself up and do it all over again.
1: Mm-hmm. How has that manifested in uh, your own personal life?
0: Oh, man, I have failed many a time. I would like to say that this band is, is completely honest and open about everything. My marriage was failing uh due to touring and and my selfish actions on the road um there aren't going to not be temptations when you're in a christian band i would say that the opposition comes at you harder and you're under a bigger microscope i used the band as a a reason to not go to church for a long time and then the pandemic happened everything happened For a reason, and I got plugged into a local church. Me and my wife uh, reconciled and started going to the church together, and a lot of stuff changed in my life that I would say would not have happened if I didn't have these guys around me, if I didn't have the understanding that God's never going to leave or forsake me. I got a second chance at a lot of things uh, in my life, and I've gone through a lot in my life. Um, I've been abused physically, sexually as a kid, so I had I had seen the darker side of life, but. I choose to to try to do the right thing, uh, even when it's hard. You know, we, we do struggle every single day. So that's what how it's manifested in my personal life.
1: You feel like band members help you with your accountability?
0: Absolutely. The thing is now like in today's world as well, you know, the cancel culture and stuff like that, you know, when you're having a conversation with anybody, whether it's male or female, you want there to be accountability. You want there to be somebody beside you that can say, Yeah, that's how that conversation went or this is how this conversation went. I mean, I would say that Harrison has known me longer than Donovan. Donovan's like the cool headed guy. Uh, Harrison is definitely the guy that will literally be like, yo, you are messing up so bad. And if you don't stop, I'm going to throw you a beat, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's younger than me, but I respect him because he has no problems in telling me or anybody in this band, yo, we got to fix this. And uh, he's just a good dude. You know, and and Donovan knows when I'm overwhelmed, and he's like, uh, "This is what we need to do: take a chill pill, come back to it later." You know, mm-hmm. good to be surrounded by people like that.
2: Joey just hit it on the head. No one's perfect. You know, even in the Bible, it calls you to be Christ-like, not perfect.
1: And it might be good to note here that poor Harrison could not get off work in time to do I this know. interview tonight.
2: You gotta go sling some some Zaz. Oh Deep man. Up. We haven't been touring. We all obviously had to get little side things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so y'all got some new things going on. I saw on your uh, social media, you were teasing some stuff. Tell us uh, what you can tell us.
2: I think what we're trying to do is like over the time that's 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 passed, like over these past two years or whatnot, a lot's changed, like Joey was mentioning earlier. And a lot of us have grown or our mentalities have matured. At first, I think when we were touring so heavily and we were to, you know, trying to focus on putting music out. We were just so focused on unnecessary things and we forgot how fun it was to just write music together. We were just so focused on We got to work with the biggest people. We didn't have the best music videos these other things. Mm -hmm. And I think now that we're here again, back together to start writing again, uh, we're getting back to that. And we're just kind of like, let's just write with who we want to write with. It doesn't matter who it is. You know, it doesn't matter like how big of a discography they have or how many clients they work with. Like if we vibe with them, like this just work with them, whether it be like a pop producer or a rapper, you know what I mean? I guess like anybody, we just want to have fun again, writing music. And I think it's really cool. You know, this last time we were recording the song, we were actually working with Dylan from Relentless Flood. He has a studio in Statesville, North Carolina, and he's just a really cool guy to hang out with. It was like our first like breaking the ice, like, all right, let's get back to what we're doing. Let's have fun with this. Yeah, so it was really cool just to kind of get out there and get together and just really put our brains together. You
0: know, he's talking about Relentless Flood. Musicians that we're in contact with, I mean, all the guys from Relentless Flood, band Strength Betrayed. we all live here in North Carolina, and it's one of those things where it's like, hey, we should work together. When help each other out you know if you guys need something and we're available like we would love to help you um you don't see that a lot you know
2: another cool thing whenever like you start writing a lot of music you kind of start becoming like a more successful band you kind of get more uh weary on who you let write with you on sessions but i think we've kind of gotten past that of like why do we even worry about that if it's our friends and they want to write with us like why not like it's just all just lock ourselves into a basement again And whoever comes over, comes over and we just write a song.
1: (laughs) Sounds like it's less stressful now. Just cool vibes. Yeah. I mean, personally, you know, it reached a point where, like, that
0: was the only way I was making a living. And I was having to deliver pizzas and drive Uber when I was home. And it was super stressful financially because I have a kid and I have a wife that I have to look after. and. I said, at a certain point, my life was falling apart because I didn't have a church family and everything just got so hard. It wasn't that it wasn't just fun anymore. It was just too hard to do. And I'm like, wow, music's been a part of my life. And now I don't even want to do it because it's just, it's a monster. It's messing with my life. You know, I told these guys, my big thing was God needed to take it away from me so that I could focus on the things that come first, which is family. So I needed to see this isn't everything about you. You are more than this. You are a father. You are a, you know, a husband. These are the things that should come first for you. And, you know, I thought if I didn't have music then everything was just going to implode on itself.
1: But that wasn't the case. What's the best musical advice anybody ever gave you guys?
2: There's just been so much input from everybody because we were always like a sponge. If anybody was going to give us any sort of critiques or advice, we would just like listen and just be like, okay, what do we need to do? Like one person that kind of stands out to me currently right now in my head is a family that we used to stay with in Nashville. Yep. And uh, his name was Rob Tate. He sat us down one time during dinner and he was just like, This is what you guys need to do. He kind of like took us from this local band mentality to a touring band mentality.
0: He's like, you're a professional, you know, you look professional. Even Brandon, you know.
2: Yeah, Brandon Mills of Decipher Down, another great North Carolina band.
0: Like, I remember being in a studio and don't sign the first deal that comes across. Mm -hmm. Don't sign a deal if you don't need one. You know, if you've got your own way, if you have a a fan base and are able to get out there and and make friends and and people that love you and want to share your music.
1: Yeah,
2: it is true. I mean, the music industry just com- continues to keep evolving, and you just kind of guess where it's going to be going next and hope that you can keep up with it.
1: What's the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you on the stage?
2: Probably throwing up in my own mouth.
1: Oh, man, Joey. <laughs>
0: I realized when I eat chicken or drink sweet tea before a show, it gives me, like, really bad acid reflux.
1: Wow. What did you do?
0: I went to the side of the stage or behind the stage and was like, yep, this is going here. <laughs>
1: rip to the stage hand that had to clean that <laughs> sorry bro
2: one thing that happened to me i mean this wasn't what was said for the fall this was when i was playing with relentless flood one time it was my first show with them and we were playing a kingdom come festival in indiana and about to play i think it was come home and i start the song off with the little lead line you know so i start the song off and i'm like doo, 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 doo. as soon as the whole band comes in i realized that i didn't have my drop tune pedal on so I was in a completely different note. So as soon as everybody else came in, it just sounded like a complete train wreck. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I just did that oh, no. <laughs> in front of everyone at Kingdom Company. So if anybody's listening to this and they're at that show, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> Rip to Donovan.
2: <laughs> Check us out on
0: Facebook at I'm with Mothership.
1: Donovan, did you think when you were growing up that you were going to play on a stage and be a musician or did you have other endeavors in mind? Yes.
2: What's funny is, like, I never got into rock music or guitar until like, I was maybe in fifth grade or sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, I was just a big hip-hop head. This is before I even went to church, you know, listening to, like, Bone Thugs and Tupac and, you know, like, those, like, 90s, you know, like, mm-hmm. rap or, rap artists. And my my mom started taking us to a Christian church. which was that Spanish church I was talking about earlier. And I was raised Catholic. And it was my first time going to a Christian church. And this was, like, a Pentecostal Christian church. Spanish. So there was a lot of like jumping around and dancing, and there was like a drum player, and there was like a guitarist and a bass player, and I was like, what is this? You know, I went from like Catholic mass to like this like insane, you know, like thing that was happening, and I was just like this little, you know, ten year old kid going like, what is even happening? You know, (laughs) and so I noticed the drummer was about my age, and I was like, what the heck? You know, like it's crazy. Like he's like he's like my age, and he's back there drumming crazy. And I ended up becoming good friends with him. So he taught me how to play drums. From there, I started progressing with music. Like, I was just kind of like, well, I want, I want to learn how to play drums like you. I want to learn how to do this. And then, so he taught me how to play drums. So I got so good at it that he moved over to bass guitar. And from there, I was like, well, now I want to play bass. And he's like, yeah, OK, because so, he was already learning guitar. So I picked up the bass and he started doing the guitar at the church. And then I started picking up guitar. And then I was like, OK, I really like this. Like, this is what I really enjoy more, you know. And and what's crazy about it is the fact that I never once thought about playing guitar or, or anything music related ever growing up. What's crazier about it is like I picked it up so fast. Hmm. And like my uncle, he would always be like, you know, God's giving you a gift for music. You can hear certain things in songs. You can, you know, you can play songs by ear really fast. Like you have learned how to play guitar in like a couple months and you're over here on the worship team playing guitar. Like it was just like a lot of things that were happening really fast. And my uncle was always like, you know, you're, you're getting a gift. Don't, you know, don't mess up your gift. You would always talk about this gift, you know, but I'm a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not even a teenager yet. And here's my old uncle, you know, trying to bring down my vibe, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just there like, you know, slaying. You know guitar chords. You know thinking I'm the best guitarist in the world because at that time, you know, like I was in like middle school, all about to go into high school now, and you know we have these little bands and stuff that you have when you're in school, and we would go play at these bars, and my uncle would always be like, "You can be playing at these bars, you know, like you're 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 messing up your gift," and I'm just like, "You're crazy! Don't even talk to me!" Like I'm, <laughs> I'm living my life, you know, and and my uncle would always be like, "As as quick as you picked up all this music influence, like God can take it away in like an instant, like." Just as fast as you learned it, he could take it away. And I would never listen to him. I was like, you're crazy. Whatever. And I remember one morning, it was a Sunday morning, we were about to get back on stage and I'm on the drum set at the time. And he was like, all right, we're about to start service. And I'm sitting behind the drum kit and there are ways like we're already prepared and stuff and warmed up and the guitarist starts, my buddy, and I'm about to come in on the drums For the verse, and my mind completely drew a blank. I couldn't play drums anymore. Like, my brain couldn't comprehend how to keep a beat. It it looked like I had just picked up the drumsticks for the first time in my life.
0: That's still true to this day. Oh! No! He's terrible at
2: it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And like, and like everyone looks at me and I'm, of course I'm like this teenager kid, you know, and I'm just like embarrassed more because the girls in the church are looking at me. And that's more of like where my mind's at, you know, yeah, like I'm a right. kid well, and, yeah, and like, I'm just like, what is happening? So with the pastor and he's like, let's start it again. And then, so I come back to try it again and I still couldn't do it. And I was just like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I have really no idea. So I get off the stage, they swap me out. And I go to the back of the stage and here comes my uncle, you know, <laughs> around the corner. And he's like, I told you, you kept messing around. You're going to take your gift away. And then from that moment, I was like, is this legit? Like, was that for real? And and that's when it really kind of resonated with me. Like, that was unexplainable. Mm-hmm. Like, how would how I, I just play drums a couple minutes before to literally complete blank?
1: <laughs> and he never played the drums again. And,
2: and I threw away my drumsticks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Joey? What did you think you were going to do with your life? So
0: so I don't know. A lot of people may not know this, but I was adopted when I was six or seven years old. So um, early on in my life, I just wanted to survive. You know, I just wanted to live. And then I actually went to Falcon's Children's Home, which is on the other side of Fayetteville, North Carolina. Falcon's Children's Home is an orphanage, and they put me in the choir because that was I probably talked a lot. I I tend to talk a lot. So they're like, we're going to get some of this energy out. So uh, I got my first solo in that children's choir. And I remember I only knew one song. And when my parents adopted me and they brought me home, I sang that one song for like two and a half hours on the way home. And, uh, you know, my dad, my adopted dad, um, we had the greatest relationship as I was going into my teen years and all that stuff. But he fostered that love of music in me. He would take me to concerts, bluegrass, and I got to sing and meet Alison Krauss and Edwin McCain and Johnny Lang. I got introduced to a lot of different types of music, and we actually had a band, me and my dad, uh, at one point called The Tools of Christ. We were total tools. Um, I actually played guitar and sang at that point. I couldn't play guitar and sing if I wanted to now, but I was decent. So I played all the old uh, worship songs. I fell in love with music. And then, like I said, my dad let me listen to, I think it was like Black Crows or something like that. And I was like, what is this music that sounds so awesome and has soul, in it? you know? And
1: mm-hmm.
0: I found rock. Uh, I thought I was going to be a professional BMXer at one point. I was riding at Woodward and Woodward, Pennsylvania, and I thought that's what I was going to do, but... Music always seemed to come back around. I was always in some type of band. And I left for full sail right after high school to go learn how to do audio en- you know, engineering or live sound engineering. And I left after two months of being at school, left for Tallahassee to try out for a band in Tallahassee. And didn't even tell my parents I left school. They were pretty upset with me. But I was like, yeah, so I just want to be in a band for the rest of my life. And I have been trying to do that and I don't think it'll ever not be a part of my life.
1: Speaking of music, is there anything new you can tell us about? You
0: will get a new song this year, but we're not on a timetable because we don't have to be. When you hear Teppet the Falls putting out music from here on out, we want you to be like, yo, it's, it's going to be a good song. They take their time with it. They put out a good song and all the bells and whistles are there.
1: How about tours?
0: We want to do shows, we want to do festivals, um, but if we do a tour, we would be on a substantial tour.
1: Okay, snack time. My memory is foggy, but I do remember this, Joey. You like Twizzlers. I love Twizzlers and I love Cheerwine. And Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yes, I have some right here right now. Oh my gosh, I remember. So, snacks. What are snacks that you like on the road? Go ahead, Don.
2: One thing I kind of got addicted to when we were on the road were these gummy bears. They're like Albanese gummy bears. They're like probably some of my favorite. Yeah, like I went on a mission one time we were on the road and I was like, I'm going to find the best gummy bear out there. So every gas station we would stop at, I would grab our new brand, found the Albanese, and those ones were probably top-notch. And he bought top-notch. a five-pound
0: bag of them, ate it for, like, crazy So you food. ate them too, Joey? So I had to do away with those in the truck, you know. I, I, I've recently lost 15 pounds because I have stopped the snacking, but my favorite thing was Cheddar Jack Cheez-It and Albanese gummy bears to keep me up. I don't really snack during the day anymore. So I just eat my two meals a day. You no, know, Harris is not here, but he would, you know, any mention of Chef of the Fall, I think there's a contract somewhere where we have to mention Dr. Thunder. Like Dr.
1: <laughs> That's Thunder. right. I had to get not Dr. Pepper. I had to get Dr. Oh, no, Thunder. That, yeah.
2: yeah, from Walmart.
1: I had a 12-pack of that in my garage forever because you were coming through and then you didn't. Oh, and, really, And I had already bought it. And oh I was goodness. like, I'm stuck with all this Dr. Thunder. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, it's, it's good. It's not like the best. I mean, my, my favorite drink of choice this. is a big red. Oh, mm. God, this is garbage.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I'm going to start a rivalry here. Y'all know Berlin? Have you met Miggy and them? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Miggy? Has to have horrible gummy bears. That's oh, his no. absolute
2: favorite. I'm going to message him right they're, now. Aren't they hard? Aren't they like hard? Yeah, they're, they're like hard, hard to chew. Yeah. Like, what's up with that? <laughs> you like chewing on rocks? Like, what's up? Right. So- <laughs> he, he might though, bro. Super
0: cool dudes.
1: We were about to wrap up, but we have had Harrison Muffley join us for a few moments at the end of this interview. <laughs> yeah. What are you out to, bud?
2: I'm playing football in the lobby. So, obviously, it's a slow day at the Pizza Hut.
1: <laughs> so, Harrison, did you always think you were going to play an instrument, or did you have something else in mind for your life? Uh, no, this was going to be it. <laughs> That's that. it. He's he he had a guitar be, in his was, since
0: he was born. Well, he, he's been in his band since he was five.
1: It was always Pizza
2: Hut. I just do the band stuff ah!
0: for extra money. <laughs> <laughs> I used to deliver pizzas, too. I know the struggle.
1: <laughs> What's your most embarrassing moment on the stage, Harrison?
0: I don't know. Who, who ripped their pants during our show? Oh, that was me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't remember you ripped your pants?
0: It was Soundcheck.
1: Uh-oh. I think he's done it
0: twice. And then Donovan came and ripped them all the way down.
1: Nice. Oh, yeah, we uh, we talked about snacks. So um, you have to tell us what your favorite snacks are. What's your favorite snack?
0: <laughs>
2: cheese.
1: Anything cheese, Always. Huh? Uh Harrison, <laughs> what's it like being in a bunch of bands? It's
2: cool because you learn a lot of different styles and stuff like that, but it's mm-hmm. also stressful because you got to deal with people that aren't always your uh, close homies. Most of the time it's cool.
1: All right, what bands have you played for?
2: Uh, I've played in Dayshell, Decipher Down, Spoken, Set for the Fall, TJ Harris's Country Band, uh, a band called Keys, filled in for a band called McKinley. I do is that it? Played bass play for bass Ashes Remain. For...
0: That's
1: right!
2: Yeah, dude. Uh, wow, just for dude. one show.
0: Um, okay. guys, by the way, they're awesome.
1: Okay, Harrison, this concludes your questionnaire. Appreciate y'all taking some time out to spend with me. I've had a blast with you.
0: Yeah. We've had a blast with you as well. Thank you so much.
1: Stay safe on the road, Joseph. Yes, ma'am. We will see you all, hopefully, out on the road soon. Yeah, definitely. All right. Good night. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening tonight. Stay tuned for more great music all night long. Be sure to check out my I'm With Mothership Facebook page and Solid Rock Radio's website. Follow the link under Shows to Backstage with Mothership, which will have the links to my guests' social media accounts. This show will be replayed at 4 a.m. Eastern Time. Past interviews available on podcast.solidrockradio.org, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on Pandora platforms. And remember this week, be kind to one another.